0: the adventure jogger a podcast about trail and ultra running meet fascinating runners from the front middle and back of the pack sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running running should be fun and so should running podcasts i'm your host ryan Pluckelman, and this is the adventure jogger welcome to another episode of the adventure jogger and you know what for the longest time i i stayed off of instagram which makes me sound like this old fuddy-duddy you know like uh, how could i How could I not be on Instagram? What's going on with that? But what I found is that there's some really inspiring people on Instagram, people that I follow and and they inspire me and I see them just just killing it every single day. And I'm not talking about the, the super duper elite athletes. I, i'm talking about everyday runners people who are not professional runners that don't get paid to do this that just get out there and crush it for the love of the sport and one of those people that i absolutely love um, on, on instagram she is absolutely fantastic a uh, ruthie loffey uh posts just about every day and i can always count on ruthie's posts uh to get me inspired and she is my guest on the adventure jogger welcome ruthie
1: Thank you, Ryan. It's nice to meet you, and I'm very honored and delighted to be on the show.
0: It's great to have you on. Finally, I, I feel like I know you because I've seen your face on Instagram a million times. Um, <laughs> but you, you are right now. You're in Oklahoma, correct?
1: Yes, I live in Stillwater, Oklahoma, um, despite the accent. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I work at the university here, the the OSU, Oklahoma State University. Oh wow! So, yeah, I love it.
0: Now I will say that that is definitely not an Oklahoma accent. That's not the accent that you hear the Cowboys have in in the in no, the movies. No, I don't
1: think so <laughs> I can't do the accent to save my life, but I like to tell people if they ask where i'm from i say i'm from slap out oklahoma which is (laughs) panhandle then that really blows their mind kind of people do they have there but i'm not really i've lived in the states for uh, since um 1994
0: so you know a while they say that once you reach a certain age if you move you generally won't lose your accent like if you move as a small child You may lose it or you may just keep it if your parents have it. But they say once, if you're an adult, it may dull a little bit, but you never really lose it.
1: Well, that's interesting. That's probably true because, yeah, but I I always tell anyone I work with and the students I work with that I get plenty of practice. So, you know, that's why I still have my accent.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, So where are you originally from, Ruthie?
1: I'm originally from a place called, the nearest town is Norwich. It's in Norfolk in the UK, on the East Coast. And much like Oklahoma, it's very flat and very green and very windy. Mm -hmm. Um, But I moved overseas in 1986 when I was in my early 20s to live in about eight different countries. And so I've lived all over the world and run in some of those places as well.
0: So what what made you decide to leave the confines of home, the comforts of home, to, to travel the world?
1: I think that was called my first husband. <laughs> 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 he, he was, uh, he he's an oily, was an oily,
0: so oil oil field, you know, so. We, well, I we, like uh, that term better. That is, I will say this, in Oklahoma, if you called someone an oily, they'd be like, I'm an oil rig worker. Oh, it's all, all, it's all rig. Yeah. I work on all rig. I know oily. they would be really <laughs> insulted by, it, but I actually like that term. I think we should adopt it. I think oily should be the new term for uh, people who work on the rig.
1: Yeah. So we, anyway, we, we met in England and then he kind of suggested that, would I like to move to India with him? And I said, okay. <laughs> yeah. So it started there. So, um, lived in India, uh, Russia, Egypt, Angola, Nigeria, South Africa, and I think that's it. Yeah. Quite wow. a few places.
0: That's that's amazing. That's a whole lot of of life. And I I'm sure you found that in all of those travels and moving to all those different places, it kind of broadens your horizons and kind of changes your worldview a worldview a bit, doesn't it?
1: Yes, it really it really does, you know. It's gives you a better understanding of people and more you know re- receptive to different cultures mm-hmm. and you know, when you live in a place you you want to try and respect that and assimilate to it to a certain degree. And I think that's why when I moved to the states, I love it here so much I always dreamt that I would live in America yeah <laughs> but as a young child, I didn't know how that was going to happen but and it wasn't <laughs> intentional of course, <laughs> but I just I really the first time I Came here. I just loved it, and I was like, I want to live there. Everything's really like the movies, and of course, you know, you have this illusion of how it is, but
0: right, yeah. right. You have some some dreams about that. When did when did running get into the equation for you, Ruthie? I know some people are runners their whole lives, and they start in grade school, and they make it through uh, their whole lives being a runner. But other people stumble upon it a little bit later in life. What was your kind of story connecting to running?
1: Well, I ran in in high school. But of course, in England, we don't really have scouts and people like that that kind of try and get you to go to college and run collegiately or anything like that. Yeah. So um, around in high school, then I really didn't like it (laughs) very much, and it was the short distance—100 meters, 200 meters. So, um, but when I moved to India, I think out of desperation more than anything, as an expat and not able to work and trying to find a community of people, I found Hash Has Harriers have you heard of them no a crazy bunch of runners
0: <laughs> well I'm, I'm gonna learn so, something on this episode I'm ready to learn my thing for the day
1: oh good well hash house harriers they like to say um, running running is an excuse to have a beer so basically <laughs> it's uh, a group of crazy people and we would you would have a team of people are assigned to make plot the, the trail or whatever yeah. so in in uh, Nigeria, for example, when I lived there, um, we did a woman's hash, like a pink hash. So everyone had to wear pink, pink, whatever. All the guys had to wear pink. So we map out a route and it went through swamps and a banana uh, mangrove swamp. And um, there were black mamba snakes and all kinds of fun stuff. Ah. (laughs) But you run around and you follow people and people call hares and pears and you follow them they may they may take you on a false trail yeah. so you have to figure out you know how to get back and when you get to the end you have to sit on a block of ice and drink beer for your various infractions like caught peeing in the bush or <laughs> whatever they want to make up that you <laughs> came last or you were doing something equally disgusting (laughs) so and I was never very good at drinking beer so I always had to sit there for ages sipping on my beer (laughs) Um, but it's really fun and I think they have them here in the states but I believe it was um, started in England probably in the 40s or 50s I think Wikipedia could do a better
0: job answering that. Well were these expats that were doing this or were these uh, residents of India?
1: These were mostly expats okay and so, obviously, you can imagine that the locals probably thought we were really insane, <laughs> which we were. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was—it's really fun. It was a great way to connect with people that were really laid back, kind of like ultra running. Yeah. but, You know, way before I knew about ultra running, um, and just a way to be—you know—meet people and have a bit of a community and drink beer afterwards. Have a have a barbecue, just kind of because in those days, (laughs) in the 80s. I mean, we didn't have... This sounds horrible. I sound really old. Internet and, you know, all of those things. So we relied a lot more on community, getting together to kind of keep each other afloat sometimes because it was just hard living in a place where you can't really do anything but be an expat, especially an expat wife, you know?
0: Right, right. You're just so-and-so. You're the the oily's wife.
1: I'm the oily's (laughs) wife, exactly, yeah. (laughs) So it was it was really fun though. And I think I realized that I was quite a good distance runner Mm -hmm. at that time. And we wouldn't do any more than about eight miles, five to eight miles in one of those kind of runs. Yeah. But I really started to enjoy it. And then when we moved to South Africa, uh, Cape town, I joined a running Mm -hmm. club there and I kind of got into it more. And then of course, moving back to the States in 94 was uh, when I really started to kind of get really hooked on, Half marathons, a marathon here and there, and um, then ultra
0: running, ultimately. Well, 1994, so. that's really before the, the boom. I mean, ultra running is just this thing that's done by the local wacko. The local nut job <laughs> is the one that does it. You hear about these crazy people and their stories about them. But it was definitely yeah. uh, it was a half marathon, marathon world in the 90s for a whole lot of people. It was interesting, Ruthie, when you're talking about when you were in high school and you're a high school sprinter and and how running, they, they didn't they didn't have scouts for women at that point and so you're running kind of stopped. I found out from my mother the other day that uh, the first year that the state of Wisconsin had track and field for women was her senior year of high school and she went to the first ever state championship for women and ran the 50 and the 100 yard dash in the first ever state track meet for women wow that's crazy and my mom's not like 100 years old she's like 70 you know so it's it's, it wasn't that long ago it was like the i want to say the late 60s early 70s
1: yes it would be yeah that's amazing when you think how far we've come and when the first marathon you know uh katherine switzer was yeah really it, yeah the off horse and the, and
0: the man was chasing and after do
1: stuff like that
0: <laughs> i just I'm, I'm honestly blown away and I, I that that people thought that women's uteruses would fall out if they did a marathon <laughs> like what is that based on did you have a yeah, focus exactly. group what was did you witness someone's uterus falling out at, at a certain mileage <laughs> like what like who came up with that idea
1: I think it was a stuffed shirt, which is a guy in a suit, basically, came l- up with the yes.
0: idea. <laughs> it was a man with a very tiny penis who's very Yeah. yeah. The, what happened was he was picking up jogging. He's like, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna do this jogging thing. And there was a there was a gal in the neighborhood that smoked him all the time. Yes. You know, he'd see he'd see her running laps, she just run laps around him. He'd be like, r- r- not gonna have any women running these marathons, I'll tell you that for sure. And so his, <laughs> it was his hurt pride that caused him to make this entire thing up.
1: I kind of I would be inclined to agree with that because even now guys don't like getting chipped, you
0: know. You no, know, and, and that's kind of it's. I think it's getting better a, a yeah. bit. I think there's a lot of a lot of guys that are like, you know, come on, don't be, don't be a fucking idiot. It's like yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of gals out there. A lot. Um, actually, I think it would probably take less time to name the gals that that I, I'm faster than, than the ones that are faster <laughs> than me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a sight to behold. And I think a beauty about ultra running is, is that the gap is different. It's, it's quite a bit smaller and you mm-hmm. have uh, women winning overalls at, nice. at, at races and it, and it humbles you. And I know for me, I think I had to kind of, if I did have some, some sexist ideas in my head, um, and I'm not saying I'm perfect, so I'm not, I'm not the, the, the wokest wokerson that's ever woked. Um, but I think having girls, being, being the dad of, of daughters, and as, as now I've got a, a 19-year-old and a 14-year-old, you can't, you can't really be a, a, a sexist when you have those, those two gals in your life because they'll correct you. Like they'll, they'll just say, dad, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. They, they have no, no problems correcting dad as quickly as possible if I need to up my woke level.
1: Yes. And you, you're right. I, I mean, it's the same at the university, you know, dealing with younger people. And yeah, they'll they'll step out there and say, hey, you know, and then you have to really readjust how you try to keep up with what's happening in the present. You know, right. And I don't want to appear to be. I mean I'm older, but I I try to kind of understand and you know,
0: follow along. We try to be a little more woke, right, woke. Ruthie?
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yes.
0: <laughs> you you want true. right. You want that goal to be like Professor Laffy you are so woke. You know? <laughs> I
1: know. All the all the words come out, don't they? So you, let me ask you this. Do your mum so she did good in her fifty and hundred years? She she said she dash made it to the she finals.
0: Did. She didn't win this she didn't win the state. So, you know, if that's the case, I would have like a sign out in her front yard that said, Here lives the first ever <laughs> Wisconsin women's track state track meet uh fifty yard dash champion. But yeah. She's, I
1: love that. That's really nice that she told you that. That's a that's a cool story. Yeah.
0: But it's so hard to believe, you know, because you cause I, I look at it now, and you know, as, as a guy, I mean, what, do I, what the hell do I know about sexism? I haven't experienced it, but I'm like, oh no! By the 1900s, once women got the right to vote, everything was great, right? And then you realize, like, no. like my mom was telling me that um that women got in trouble, like girls got in trouble in high school for wearing slacks. Like, you got a detention for wearing pants. Wow, that's <laughs> yeah,
1: that's hard to kind of grasp. Although I think I remember when I was in secondary school, I got. We had to wear ties and a uniform, and I got yeah. told because my tie was too big. Like I made a fashion item out of it, Ooh. and they didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, you know.
0: <laughs> so back to running, as as yeah. we've, we've established, that Ruthie and I are very woke individuals. Um, so we I, are. We,
1: yeah, we woke the planet. <laughs> oh, so
0: yeah, exactly. We woke the woke. We talk the woke. You know, we're we're all we're all good at that. Are we toke the toke? What? No, this isn't Colorado. Something like that. <laughs> so so half marathons marathons it's the 90s um you're back in the states are you working at 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 oklahoma state university at this point or where are you now
1: i'm in oklahoma city okay and so um i first kind of connected with a a, runner colleague and he said i'd run a 5k and did did really quite well in it and he Mm -hmm. said well why don't you run a marathon i was like okay i had no clue what i was doing but in 1995 i ran the houston tenneco with what it was then Mm -hmm. and i ran it in like three and a half hours and i had no idea what i was doing but apparently that was quite good uh yeah (laughs) and i was in my let's see 20s somewhere there. a woman never tells
0: you were some age between birth and death
1: yeah that yeah (laughs) So, um, but that was great. And then I kind of got the bug. And then in Oklahoma City, we had the bombing. Yeah. The Murrah building. And I was in Oklahoma City when it happened and felt it and all of that stuff. So, but out of that, my point is a marathon evolved and it's still run every year. And that then kind of oiled the the wheels for me to start running that marathon. So I ran that consistently for about eight years. Um, And that was, it it was just really gratifying to do it for a cause. Mm -hmm. And for somebody that died, passed away in that bombing, you could wear a a bib for somebody in memory. And that was very meaningful to me. So, um, yeah, marathons. And then, and I always did really pretty well at those. And then in, I think it was 2015. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big jump.
0: That's a huge time jump. You're, you're yes. skipping over a lot of questions that I have in a whole era. <laughs> all
1: right. We'll go back then. Okay. <laughs> I'll go First of all,
0: stop. Because I I'm, I need to know, Ruthie, you know, you're someone who's lived a lot of places in the world. You've seen a lot of things. Did you ever, th- like, did you experience terrorism before the Oklahoma City bombing in any other place that you've lived?
1: Yes, I did in um, <laughs> Nigeria. I mm. was... Um, you know we had to be driven around because it was safer that's yeah. just how it was unfortunately um i got caught in the middle of a, a riot or a coup and they were throwing tear gas and banging on our car and there was women in the car I yeah drivers so it was frightening terrifying but we got out of that and then in angola which was luanda which was a war zone at that time yeah. civil war was going on so it was quite and unnerving to live there and our house got mortar bombed but we weren't there when it happened thank god <laughs> they blew, tried to blow the door out in the front holy and cow so that was kind of scary and then when I lived in Russia um, you may or may not remember in the early 90s after uh, Boris Yeltsin they were transitioning mm-hmm. um, all the hardline communists hold up in their what they call their white house yeah so, we—I had just got there with another couple of ladies, and we were in the apartment. And they were—they had tanks out, and they were trying to bomb these people out of the White House. So yeah. we could hear all the explosions, and we saw it on CNN at the same time. It
0: was like <laughs> that's got to be so, so surreal.
1: Really <laughs> so there, there are three occasions where um, it was kind of scary, but they are are all experiences that I learn from and I, i'm not the most um confident person or the uh, i'm quite a fearful person but obviously really? that kind of, yeah i would not suggest <laughs> so that i, I can live in those places anybody could kind of go through those things but you just learn to adapt
0: you know but you grow up and, and you and you see america and you see the united states in these movies and you know it's it's, it's everywhere right it's it's the culture it's the pop culture it's you want to experience it you go there yourself and then you you end up going back there was it different experiencing terrorism in this ideal place that you had wanted to live your entire life this place the united states where oh it's the united states it, it's safe nothing like whatever happened in angola would ever happen here in the states was it a little unnerving to experience it in oklahoma city
1: Yes, it was very much so because nobody expected it, and it was uh, homegrown terrorism, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was really sad. Um, yeah, nobody could really get their head around it, and I first thought it was a plane crash because you just don't think, even it way back then, you didn't, you weren't aware of terrorism as you are more now. Right. But yeah, it, it did. It didn't jade my opinion because after that, um, Oklahomans are wonderful people. They're very caring and very thoughtful and just always want to make sure everyone's okay and super friendly so that people were just rallied and it was just a real kind of, it, a lot of good came from it. Yeah. If I could say it that way. No,
0: I think tragedy is something that reveals people's true character. Yes. And I think that yes. for the running community to come together after that and put something together like that, that's still going on to commemorate and and remember and celebrate the victims of that, I think, it just speaks exactly. to the character of runners. I, I, it doesn't seem like it's a group that just kind of sits around and goes, hmm, "Let's just go for a run." Okay.
1: Yeah, we do. We do that a lot, and I feel like um, if, if, and I'll put a plug in for Oklahoma City here, but if you're ever in Oklahoma City, you should go to the Memorial Museum mm-hmm. because it's a really phenomenal place. So, it's a it's a good thing to do. But the running part, yes, I I think you find time and time again people through their running, want to help others um, with awareness, raising money. Mm-hmm. I've done, I did a bit of that a couple of years ago with United Way here in yeah. Stillwater. So. But there's lots of ways you can reach out and use your running as a, a gift as well.
0: At some point, Ruthie, you're doing these half marathons, you're doing these marathons, you can tell you've been in the States long enough because you didn't say marathon. Uh,
1: no, I wanted to. I wanted to.
0: <laughs> I but wanted I you know. to. That's my favorite word set with an accent. I was like, <laughs> say marathon. Okay. Say marathon. Um,
1: <laughs> al- 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 aluminium or like Ooh. rubbish or garage.
0: <laughs> my my, <laughs> my medal at the marathon was made of aluminium. So... Um, <laughs>
1: Absolutely, it was.
0: <laughs> and I put it, I put it in the boot of my of my saloon,
1: in the boot of my saloon or my estate, <laughs> my little mini.
0: <laughs> yeah, people have tuned out now. I was like, I thought it was a running podcast. Sorry.
1: It's Come called back. the Adventure
0: Jogger, people. It's called the Adventure Jogger. What the hell you expect? <laughs> um, so, so you do these half marathons, you do these regular marathons, but at some point. You stumbled upon ultra marathons. When did you discover the world of ultras?
1: Well, I want to say I had a close encounter with it in about 2012 when I was at a duathlon because I was going to do a part of a duathlon with the other person doing the other part, biking or something. Yeah. And there was a guy there. I think his name's Earl Blewett, and he was an ultra runner, and. He and another older chap was saying stuff about, well, we're going to go run 50 miles. So I'm like, what? What the heck? What? What is this? Yeah. Anyway, I thought they were crazy. So I kind of didn't ask any more questions. Yeah. But then in, I think it was 2014 or so, I had two friends that owned a bagel shop here in town. And oh. one of them, his name's Bill Ford, and he was the person that inspired me to start ultra running because I went in to get a bagel one day after a 10 mile run. And I thought, Oh, I ran 10 miles. I'm just so cool. You know, <laughs> feel really good. Right. Like you've achieved something.
0: Right.
1: So I go in there and he's like, Oh, have you been for a run? I was like, yeah, I did 10 miles. He said, Oh, well I'm training for like a hundred miles. I'm like, wait, what? hundred miles mm-hmm. people do that. <laughs> and then, so then that started the conversation. And I kind of leaned on him a little bit for advice on how that looks how you even train for fifty miles or a fifty k. I did a fifty k first, but yeah. Um, and you know, he kind of gave me some guidance, and I learned some of it from Doctor Google or Mister Google and books. Um, but yeah, I, I really like probably a lot of ultra runners didn't really have a clue quite how that looked. I just knew that back to back runs at the weekends for me was what what worked really well. Right. right. So kind of, that's how I discovered it and then I think my first ever 50 miler was at Prairie Spirit the one I just did mm-hmm. in 2015 and Bill ran it with me. So we ran together and it was amazing except that I got a stress fracture in my sacrum. I uh, didn't realize it was that until at uh, mile 18 it started to hurt really bad, but I just kept running and I finished.
0: And you I ran 32 move. miles on a fractured, whatever, sacrum?
1: Sacrum, yeah. I, I didn't know. I was Good like, i never had a stress fracture. Right. <laughs> Holy crap. I'm out to run a week. Pain, Schmain.
0: Just pain is just get me to the aid station so I can have some, <laughs> a handful of potato chips.
1: Yeah, and have some fireball or something. Not that I drink that stuff, but you know.
0: <laughs> Do you not drink fireball? Have you not had that swill?
1: No. <laughs> no. Somebody tried to offer me some um, the other day when we were, I was running in. I was like, now nah, I'm good." <laughs> white claw. Now white claws are different. Uh,
0: different. Thing. Yeah, uh, that's. I thank you for saying that.
1: <laughs> I can blame you lot for the white claw addiction, oh, probably. <laughs> were you not in on that game first?
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, so so you you discovered it through this podcast?
1: Yes, I did. Because you kept you guys kept talking about. I was like, "What is this stuff?" And I actually really like it
0: i like it too but it started off honestly as a joke because my my mother-in-law would drink it all the time like she would bring it like she would bring like a case of white claw when she would visit And i'm like what the hell is this crap you know and I, and i heard more and more people talking about it and then people were like saying how it's like it's like uppity um for basic basic women whatever that means uh and i'm like i'm gonna flip the script yeah. here I'm gonna flip the script, because all because because trailer and ultra running at the time was like everyone's talking about oh I want to drink this uh, uh, microbrewed IPA that's got zero two nine percent you know gravity and all this weird stuff right and I'm like okay we are taking all this stuff too seriously I'm going to see if I can get the least ultra drink imaginable. To get it and sneak it into the ultra world. Like, because, like, what is the opposite of craft beer? Mass produced spiked seltzer. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah but i think you should have had some uh commission from doing that oh they I owe think me so you're much the money one who's responsible <laughs>
0: right <laughs> they owe me so much money that's why they haven't sued me for the claw mile because they're like ah we don't want to mess this guy
1: <laughs> no it's it's great though it's really good
0: yeah by the way this oh, podcast yeah. is not brought to you by white claw and i am waiting for the for the day when i go to my mailbox and i'm Dear Mr. Pluckelman, please stop referring to our beverage. <laughs> well, I like the
1: raspberry one, so, you know.
0: <laughs> that's one of the better ones. My favorite is the natural lime. My wife likes the grapefruit, which I think is awful. Shit, that's her favorite. It's absolutely disgusting. But <laughs>
1: everyone, everyone likes different things, and here I go again. And deviating
0: an adventure jogger <laughs> you know if people wanted serious podcasts they would have listened to something else you're sorry you're sorry you downloaded <laughs> you should have known you downloaded this at your own risk you should have known but this is going to be so, <laughs> so so prairie spirit that's your first 50k or 50 miler you run this thing with a with a, a stretch a stress fracture in your sacrum say that five times fast on a right. white claw everybody um so what was your, what was your time? Did it, was it a miserable experience?
1: Um, my time was nine hours, 39 minutes. Not bad. I was pretty pleased with, um, but it was kind of painful towards mm-hmm. the end, but you know, I just, I just wanted to get through it. And Bill was trying to, you know, get me through that last, you know, where you kind of, your body starts to shut down as an ultra runny. If you're a new ultra runny, you don't really know what's going on. No, not a you're clue. just clueless. Yeah. So you just kind of go with it. And he was, you know, he was talking to me and trying to get me pepped up and tell me all these ridiculous stories and I wanted him to shut up. I didn't <laughs> tell him that. <laughs> but yeah, it was a really good experience. Um and I look back and I just I just got the bug for it. I just love what we can achieve, what our bodies can do, mm-hmm. and and in concert with our minds, obviously. Right. That's a huge part of it. So
0: were you at the end when your buddy is telling you these funny stories and you're like would you shut i am tired of this rubbish did you shut your trap hole um were you saying to yourself like this is a one and done thing i'm checking off the box and i am never doing this again or were you saying like hmm
1: yes the, i was saying "Hmm" because i really what i wanted to do more i wanted to explore the possibility of 100 milers and you know, I had a break a couple of. Di- Obviously, I couldn't run for about I don't know a couple of months, so right. I did other stuff. But yeah, once I got my feet under me again, I was looking for. I was on ultra sign up. What, what can I do now? And um yeah, I I totally got the bag, and I just love running. Is kind of my therapy, mm-hmm. and especially since the last year, you know, COVID. Yeah, it, it has helped me through a lot of that, just that, that mental peace and being being able to get outside. Right. In, in the nature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love running in the in the on the trails really. And it just gives you a great sense of freedom and empowerment that you're out there doing something mm-hmm. that you can control it, you know,
0: to yeah. a degree. Did you get to that hundred mile goal yet?
1: Oh yes. I've done four So I did my first hundred, I think it was 2017. My first one that I complete, the first one I did was a DNF. Yeah. It was a, um, I think it was Brasso's Bend. Okay. I'd have to look it up on Ultrasound. That's okay. But the the one I actually completed was a Brasso's Bend. That was the first one I did. And I had two people with me that helped crew and pace. Yeah. And it was 2018, I think, December. And it had rained so much the night before. So it was, it was very, um, there was tons of rain. It was muddy. Oh, it was awful. It was like a mud pit. So basically we ran it, it took me like 27 hours. It took me a long time, Yeah, but I got through it and made it. And I, again, I really, I was glad I did it and Mm -hmm. I totally want to do another one. So, um, but my most recent one is, um, Pumpkin Holler, which was in two thousand nineteen, because yeah. we didn't do it last year. Right. And that I did that in twenty two hours and something. So that's I that's got, something to be proud of. Down. Yeah. But don't you feel like when the more you do the more you learn from every experience you learn something about yourself.
0: Oh, I agree. I, I agree. And I, I even, you, you learn something about like, for, for me, my, my most recent lesson was I take this stuff entirely too seriously. Do um, <laughs> you know? And I, and I, I feel like I'm a slave. I, I've, i for a while I've been a slave to the watch. And so mm-hmm. I've, I've just, I've been running without it. I've been, I don't know how long I've gone. I don't know when I'm just going to gonna, gonna go, by, go by feel and just, Take it as it as it is because I just don't want to live in the world of, you know, the watch vibrating every mile and the, the splits and stuff like that. I just want to kind of in, enjoy it for what it is. Right. So when
1: you feel it, I I, I don't generally I have my watch on obviously, but yeah. I don't gauge in my run. But I don't look at it. And if I'm on really long training runs, I kind of have certain routes around town or yeah. on the trails but I won't look at my watch because if I look and then I'm less ahead than I think I am, then I get really dejected. I'm like, but mentally it does your, does your head in. So, you know.
0: Yeah. And I think I I found too, Ruthie, that I I would get frustrated if things didn't go the way I wanted them to go. Mm -hmm. If, if I was expecting, you know, this certain pace and this certain thing to feel this certain way and it wasn't going that way. I was getting frustrated, but then I'm like, "What right do I have to dictate terms to the universe? Like, listen, Man. this is all going to be how I want, and if I don't yeah. get it, I'm going to be really, really pissed off." Yeah,
1: so there, I'm going <laughs> to take my watch off. I'm glad you took your watch off. That's really good. Yeah, because I had a friend, I have a colleague that runs, and he's every five seconds. I'm like, "Stop looking at your watch." Well, <laughs> it it just can really ruin the whole. Vibe of the run.
0: What I what I do, and I don't know if you've noticed this, Ruthie. Um, there there seems to be a rather my way or the highway thought in a lot of uh, trail running boards on on the internet. I'm mm-hmm. looking at you, trail and ultra runners. I'm looking <laughs> at you, um, <laughs> if, because you see it all the time when someone posts like, "Hey, I'm looking for a new watch." Mm-hmm. You know, first of all, if I see another damn Coros or Garmin post listen it we've already settled that but anyway but what but you know and then somebody always chimes in like why are you wearing a watch well, that, that's you know and, and or my favorite one is the headphones yeah if someone is asking on an internet page <laughs> what headphones do you like and you chime in with you shouldn't listen to headphones you should listen to your heartbeat and your breathing and nature and no one looks at that comment and goes but that is an awesome person right you come across right you come across as a twat you know yes you should be running
1: track and field or not yes. not send those people to idiots but if you're that kind of vested in like all of the n- the numbers and all right. of that stuff you're in the wrong
0: yes area i'm a, i'm a big fan of different strokes for different folks if you yeah. find that that you're running benefits from watch Awesome. If yeah. you find that it benefits from, you know, just going by feel, awesome. If you're, if the sound of nature and the birds chirping and the deer's fucking and, and that sort of thing, <laughs> if that, like, like yeah. brings joy to your heart, go for it. If right. you want to listen to the Adventure Jogger or Culture or Ten Junk Miles or Bread, their greatest hits album, or, <laughs> you know, Dr. Hook or... Yeah. <laughs> the oh, Or, you know, if that's what you want, then, then that brings your heart joy, then you go for it. But there is, I noticed that a lot on the board. It's like someone's posting a question and someone's got to post on there why they're wrong for wanting to do that thing. It's like, listen, buddy, that person's not the first person that's decided to run with headphones. Like, this is the person going, like, wait a minute, exactly. right. no one's done this before. I'm going to give us <laughs> a try. No, there are 10 yeah. trillion headphones for runners. You know, you go yeah. on Amazon, type in exercise headphones, you'll be scrolling till your finger cramps up. <laughs>
1: you know? No, you're right. I agree. People should be able to do whatever works for them. Yeah. And yeah, some people get on there. And I, I always try to be very kind of, um, I don't know, give them something to think about from my perspective. Yeah. But I'm never judgy, but you're right. Yeah. If I see those posts, I tend to scroll on like, i can't deal with that then everyone gets in a fight and yep. i have to read those comments because that's kind of funny then
0: it is it is <laughs> i stay out of those things i just use those pages to schlop my podcast that's what i do <laughs> exactly. like, hey everybody yeah. i know you're arguing but did you ever check out this podcast called the Robbie, adventure that's great.
1: well they need to check out your podcast i love it well, I, I i used to listen to you way back and then last year when you started with carl yep. else yep. on the on the first one yeah. i was up in colorado when i heard that one and, and running up a mountain and i loved it it was so good well thank you it's wonderful
0: yeah it, it, it's you know the coolest thing about it is is that is meeting like really cool people and and everybody's got a really cool story if you just can find the way to get it out of them and mm-hmm. so that's kind of kind of cool there's so many really interesting people in this sport i've i i do not think i've i've met anyone where i'm like oh god <laughs> it'll call, really you know like i i don't think i've i've really i've always i've always walked away from a interview and i'm like oh, that's someone i'd like to have a beer with that's someone i'd love to you know share some miles with
1: right it's, a, it's always different everyone's got a different story
0: Hmm. that's the truth absolutely but
1: yeah i think 100 miles i love um i i've kind of thought about doing a 200 miler in the back of my mind. So we'll see.
0: <laughs> I, I hate 200 milers because it makes 100 milers look like a half marathon. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's
1: like, like where is it going to stop? Okay, now we're going to do 400 miles. Right? let slap you
0: 100. Know? Yeah, you, you slap that 100 mile sticker on your car, and then the neighbor drives by with 200 like, God damn it, Candace!
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah, that would make me mad. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I'm kidding. I'm completely kidding, folks. <laughs> um, but no, it is interesting that the sport is starting to, to push itself um, and move in different directions. And 200s and seem like an entirely different beast than mm-hmm. a 100. I remember my friend saying to me before my first 100, he was saying, well, it's not 250 milers. You can't look at it as 250 milers. You just, it just, your body adapts and it's completely different. So don't judge your 50 mile experience. Don't use that to judge your 100 mile experience because there are two entirely different distances. And it is not like, running a 50-miler, stopping, and then running a 50-miler again. It's entirely different, which is right. the same, but yeah. it does seem like those 200-milers really, it, yeah. that is a that is a monster that I have no desire to tackle at all, right now.
1: <laughs> I, would do it, I would do it with somebody else, got a friend who might, I could, you know, we talked about doing it, but.
0: I don't know if you'd yeah. still be friends with that person at the end, because imagine how cranky everybody <laughs> is at the end of a 100-miler, you're that much crankier, but for that much longer. I'm never cranky. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> I'm British. We don't do that.
0: <laughs> Brits are not cranky. You're sassy? You're sassy smart. Yeah. And according to reality TV, you're the only people we Americans trust to insult us on our on our intelligence, our talent, <laughs> and our cooking ability. That's
1: <laughs> Oh my gosh, yes. That's yeah, we yeah, we'd love to do that my dad does especially but he loves it
0: too so we need to get him for a game we need to bring him over and give him a reality show where he can just yell at americans with you know <laughs> oh he can do that without a reality show <laughs> you infantile pillock this tastes awful you know
1: yeah or things like oh you said pillock.
0: yeah all
1: oh, right i'm impressed it's <laughs> a very british word i'm totally impressed that you know that one one of my favorite words is it yes
0: <laughs> oh because you could call people a pillock and they'd have no idea what you're talking about
1: exactly they have no clue
0: you could be no. like move to the side, pilock and they'd be like oh my name's not Pillick, my name is peter and i'll gladly move aside they wouldn't even know
1: <laughs> another one you can use is get in the bin okay
0: <laughs> get, get like, in the bin oh, you pillock get in-
1: yeah, See, so you learned some more stuff today.
0: Man, I'll tell you what, I try to learn something, one thing every single day, and then I can shut my brain off. I can shut my brain off for like a week now. Good, well, not too long, because we want more podcasts, but you know. That's right, I got keep to these, keep these things going. Um, so the, the Instagram thing, because I always feel mm-hmm. weird, like I figured nobody wants to see pictures of my dad bod you know when did you when did you like really get into it because you make my instagram look like a worthless pile of shit when did you when did you when did you, when did you pick well, that up
1: well you know what happened i became an ink and burn ambassador i'm gonna plug okay
0: yeah go ahead yeah plug away <laughs> you
1: know i i'm an ambassador Yeah. And they, 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 you know, they have the best apparel, like the colorful, really kind of cool stuff, like my Godzilla today, for example. Right.
0: Because they're not just your standard, like, like one colored shirt Mm -mm. or something. It's, It's like really cool designs.
1: Right. And so I became an ambassador um, about four years ago, mm-hmm. and they've kept me on. I'm a senior ambassador now. That doesn't mean I walk around with a stick and get people out of the way. <laughs> it just means I know I can wear all the stuff and nobody can say anything. I like that, <laughs> so yeah. I started there, and I think what they wanted us to do was post every week, you know, the certain requirements. Mm-hmm. But I just embraced it fully, and I just started to post every day because I run most days, yeah. maybe five out of seven days so I, i just love to post and connect that and that in return is a way for me to post about trying to you know encourage other people to be inspired not necessarily to run but just generally in life to to be happier about everything so i just love their gear and i just i wear it all the time i mean I'd wear it at work if I could get away with
0: it. Well, maybe someday. Have them make you one that looks like a like a like a uh like a nice blouse do you wear at work and it's like it's a running shirt that looks like a blouse. Well, actually I could do that because mm. they do custom printing. So. See? <laughs> See?
1: yeah, they're amazing. So that's kind of how I got into it initially. And then I realized that people actually quite enjoyed reading my stuff.
0: Yeah. But what you said earlier in the podcast, which is interesting, is that you are you're not a, like a, like a, you said you struggle with self-confidence a little bit and you're, so I would never have guessed that through your Instagram because you post a lot and you, I I love the, I love the jumping in the air and all that (laughs) stuff. Like you seem like a very confident person. If someone just looked at your Instagram, is that, is that something that you find freeing or, or why is it that you're so darn, look so darn confident on Instagram, but that's, you know, something that you struggle with?
1: um i think through the the media or the 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 ultra running that has really empowered me as a person Mm -hmm. and i would say that and being able to wear these clothes it's like this is my um different persona (laughs) that i can have for instagram and i can really just speak from my heart and I, and it's freeing for me, but I'm a lot more confident than I ever used to be. I think part of that is getting older as well. Yeah. Because, you know, you just kind of learn to live within your own body. And I'm just happy. I'm 58, so I'm very proud that I can still run as well as I do in distance mm-hmm. and, and and do it well and be blessed without too many injuries. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so I um, – yeah, and I think some of that's a British thing. We're not the most we're not raised to be uber confident,
0: you know. So you're saying raised- Gordon Ramsay is the exception and not the rule.
1: Oh God, yes. <laughs> he is, definitely. I don't know what he got, but he got something else in there as well. But yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's was just a way for me to 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 kind of use that part of me that yearned to be out there and confident. That's interesting. Yeah.
0: Because I I don't know if you've ever read Joseph Campbell. He was this great comparative mythologist um, he, he died probably 10 years ago and, and George Lucas used his book hero with a thousand of a thousand faces to kind of use the basis of Star Wars. He was the guy who came up with like. Uh, the the mono myth and how the the hero's journey that was him he came up with like all stories kind of follow this basic structure the hero's right. journey and he talked about it, it's really he's really fascinating he reads kind of kind of heady you know he's got a three part series called the masks of god and he kind of goes through different cultures uh you can tell the books are old because he he has it's once labeled oriental mythology so it, it wouldn't be called that anymore but these books are, are kind of old but, but he talked about how a lot of primitive cultures would use masks in in uh in initiation rites and in rituals and the warriors would wear them and it would be like the mask would represent the a, a certain god in their pantheon and they would put mm-hmm. that mask on and the warriors would believe that mask, they would become that, that God or other cultures would just put the mask on and they would become that character and they would just like, they would, they would sell fully into this. And it made me, when you talked about the, the funky outfits that you have, um, and how that it's empowering. It's almost like that. It's almost like that mask, that mask of the warrior, you know?
1: Yeah. That's a really good bit of therapy right there. That that's perfect. That's exactly what it feels like i think that's yeah that's part of me that doesn't come out very often and that that's that's a really good analogy
0: what's well, so a way to channel the, a you that's in there right there's a yeah yes.
1: and i'm i'm a very kind of vivacious person yeah um but i can also be very introverted so running ultra running also allows you to do that because you can i've run a lot on my own so mm-hmm. i feel like i can go out and run and I don't have to talk to anybody. I'm not gonna say hello, but I can, you know, just kind of do my own thing. Yeah. So yeah, that's a that's a great way to put it. I think that has a lot to do with it. I think it's I try to I always encourage younger women especially to be confident in themselves because mm. I know as I grew up I I didn't have that. And I think the running has a has been a great tool for me to be able to become more confident and know that I can do hard things and
0: well, you know,
1: anybody can, if they put their mind to it, they can do it.
0: Right. And you weren't allowed to at a certain time. There was a time when, when assertive women were self-confident women were viewed in society as a bitch. That was, you know, like you couldn't do that. And I think with ultra running now, and you're elevating these, these incredible stars of ultra running, um, you know your Camille Herons, who's yeah. fantastic. Your your Liz Canty's, um, you know these incredible athletes that do these amazing things, and it yeah. and it shows that you can be confident and you can do amazing things and you can you know believe in yourself.
1: Right, and you can also be grounded still, and like they are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we have some wonderful examples in the ultra running world of elites that are very approachable both on social media and, you know, just in person, which yeah. is, is really, really a, a great
0: thing. Oh, it's a great thing for a podcast. Cause I mean, I, I, I can tell you, there's not a whole lot of sports where, uh, you know, you can reach out under the name, the adventure jogger, and be like, Hey, you want to be on a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know
1: you're right though, because Camille, she's from Norman, Oklahoma originally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <clears throat> I had seen her up here at one, a run one time. It was a 10k, but yeah. I was remember looking at. I think she's fast. Obviously, she won it, but yeah. I didn't know where she would go from there. But obviously, you know she. But she's one of those people that's very full of life, very approachable, and just r- a real inspiration. You know, yeah. you you have certain people that you look at and you're like, wow, they're inspirational, but they're not intimidating.
0: Right? Yeah. Exactly. And I kind of, I I will say that I have. A pretty good success rate of reaching out to people and then them saying like oh yeah I'll come on there's some big fish that I've that I've never heard back from um, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll, I'll still send something anyway in the hopes that maybe I will see something I was I was quite shocked when I heard back from Dean when I yeah, when I reached the Dean was- Karnazes, oh, yeah. yeah, I was, like, sitting there. I'm like, I'm just going to send him a message on Instagram. This dude's not checking. He's got a million followers. There's no way in hell he checks his inbox, but why not? And I'm like, Arr. all of a sudden, I hear something back, like, yeah, let's get together. I'm like, is this his people? Is this real? And so, yeah, so that was kind of my, like, oh, shit moment for...
1: That was a great podcast. He, it was very interesting because I never really I heard him talk like that. Yeah. It was just real... Friendly and very kind of informative, and you just got a real idea of who he was as a person.
0: Yeah, he wants to come on again sometime. So you know, I don't know if he was just saying that to get off the phone, like, yeah, yeah, I'll come on another time. I gotta go. You know,
1: <laughs> no, no, I think he sounded like he wanted to come back.
0: <laughs> but no, I, I just got my fingers crossed that one of those days I will I uh, will get that ding message back from from some some couple a couple of a couple of the white whales that I I call them that I've tried to. Interview over the years, but you know, but I I think you know, too, the great, like I said earlier in the sport, I think the great thing too is you know, there's just some really cool people out there that maybe aren't professional runners that are just as inspiring as the professional runners,
1: yes. And I really like that you, um, you know, when you messaged me, I was like, Are you sure you have the right person? (laughs) But I think we all have, like, we you say, we all have a story, and I'm just a regular person doing something I love very much, and I just love to share that passion with other people to encourage them to find their passion. It doesn't necessarily have to be running, but you
0: know. All right. So what is, what is next for Ruthie? What are your goals for 2021?
1: Okay. Well, this weekend I'm doing a 50 K then actually I'm doing a 50 miler in May. These are local ones, Mm -hmm. quite local. We've got a really good, um, uh, race group RD in Oklahoma called Outlaw 100. They do a lot of really good races. Okay. Um, but in the fall, I got into Barkley Fall Classic.
0: <gasps> oh, that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, I'm scared. I've got to find some things to climb.
0: Okay. You, <laughs> so need,
1: Oklahoma, you,
0: need to, you need to reach out to Jeff Stafford because Jeff Stafford is your man to get into the Barkley okay. Fall Classic. Are you going to be driving to the, 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 here or are you going to be flying okay. I think probably driving. Okay. Well, if Clarksville is on your route, because we're just north of Nashville, that's where Jeff and I Jeff and I live um, in Clarksville, Tennessee, which is about 40 minutes north of Nashville. If that is on your route, you have to call me up and we need to go grab lunch or something.
1: That would be awesome. I'll do it. Yes. We're, yeah, so I'm going to do it, but I'm excited to do it. But I know, yeah, I've heard Jeff and you talk on the podcast Yeah, and he seems to be like the guy who does all the elevator the climbing and yeah, he's, you know, he's he likes, all
0: of that stuff. He's it's funny because he he's a former uh, special forces pilot. So nice. Jeff is one of is one of, and he won't say this, so I'll say it when he's not here. Jeff is, is one of those guys who was one of, at one time one of the greatest helicopter pilots in the world. Like yeah. could land on anything. Like they they sent him into the craziest spots to go do crazy things, and so he's a very pilot-minded, prepared person. And so I'll never forget the first race that he crewed at. He printed out these topographical maps of the race course. And I'm like, where the hell did you get these? He's like, that's a government computer. You don't need to know about that. And so (laughs) (laughs) he's like marking little markings on there. and like showing me like, no, this doesn't look too big in the elevation profile, but you can tell right here on the topographical map. And he just kind of plans things out, right? And so- He, on his own, just, and he, he doesn't go off course at Frozen Head, so don't, no, but he has just been able to collect data, and he just understands that park, and he goes there quite often, and he understands the big race, um, even though he's never done it. And please, Laz, let Jeff in. For Christ's sake, oh, I'm tired. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm tired of hearing about it. I want you to I'll put him in there, damn it. I want <laughs> Jeff to see what he, what he can do because he's just, his mind, he has such a planning mind. And he has Mm -hmm. such a, he's got a really incredible sense of direction too. And I think that comes from being a pilot where, you know, when you're, when you're flying somewhere, you're not supposed to be, and you can't like, it's not the middle of the day. And so he's just got a great sense of direction and a great sense of preparedness. Right. And so he's the guy you want to talk to about Barkley Fall Classic, but I think you're right. You're going to have to find some hills to climb. Um, (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's kind of sad.
0: Oh yeah. It, yeah, the Oklahoma Hills ain't gonna cut it in Frozen Head.
1: No, I'm like I I've I've desperately searched everywhere online and you know all of the trail sites and Gaia and Google and then all these random climbing places. There are a couple of little mountains that I could yeah. like Mount Scott. Yeah and in poto 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 oklahoma okay. there's a, a big hill but uh, i can go to the witch tars probably um but yeah i need to i've got to get serious about cuz i i kind of know about the briars and about all of the and the yeah. climbing stuff yeah. and i, I want to do it and i want to do it well i don't want to just do the marathon
0: right uh thank you for thank you for saying that i'm glad you didn't add on to it um but no i think you just got to find something that you can supplement those hills with and there are people that say you can't replicate hills with training i don't Mm -hmm. agree with that i think Mm -hmm. what you have to do is you have to find something that will beat up your legs um some sort of exercise that beats up your legs and then run after that so you're running it's like you're running on really worked out legs
1: legs that's a good idea
0: so something like uh weighted step-ups um is one you know you could do that some sort of like low intensity or like body weight squats a whole bunch of body weight squats so just kind of come up with some sort of workout where you can really just trash your legs and then go run after your legs are trashed
1: right because that'll start to condition them um yeah so barclay fall classic and then um i'm signed up to do tunnel hill
0: as well oh that's like that's like an hour and a half for me too that's great that's really
1: close and that that was because i deferred and then obviously last year happened and i got deferred again so i i elected not to do it last year because i knew he was trying to yeah. read out the list and I was like it's probably not realistic for me to travel and do it right. so that's my plan this year as well so I'm excited about that
0: Tunnel Hill's a great race um, it's really well done it is really well done top notch and I think people kind of poo-poo on it because like wow it's flat I don't think people realize that those flat hundreds are a great opportunity to run yourself into the ground
1: you're absolutely right even 50 yeah. milers because that rails to trails oh oh yeah i mean you're looking in the distance and all you see is like straight ahead of you and you've got a mentally
0: oh the prairie it. spirit yeah the, yeah because these these hills are an excuse to take a break and to give your running muscles a chance to just uh, take a break and use your hiking and walking muscles but when mm-hmm. you're doing something on the rails of trails or you're doing you know tunnel hill it, you've got to find another way to break that up because the temptation is there to like oh this is going to be flat and fast and then the next thing you know you're 30 miles in you're like holy shit
1: yes exactly so mentally yeah i agree I, tunnel hill is definitely one i would like to beat my best my 22 hour you know time so hopefully i can but you know obviously with bfc as well i'm gonna have to you know, I've just got a bit over-exuberant this year, I think, signing up for stuff. But you know how it is. Everyone's oh. like, I want to go run something. <laughs> I'd love to do a race in the, mar- uh, in the mountains.
0: Yeah.
1: But um, we go up to Lake City, Colorado quite mm. a lot. Yeah. And it's incredible because there's about 5 fourteeners around there. So there's all kinds of trails and, you know it's it that would be a great place but yeah i love trails really that's probably my favorite place to be
0: well i would tell you right now i'm excited for you to come to frozen head because i've 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 spoken about just i've never done the barkley fall classic i've never done barkley but because i'm friends with jeff stafford i've spent a lot of time at that park and we've run run miles at that park we spent a lot of time in that park and it's just a very magical place i do never i never want to run the big barkley ever (laughs) Ever. Oh heck no! I'll never I put don't my name for why
1: anyone want to do
0: that. No. I'm just like no, thank you. No, no. And people were like, when that documentary came out, people were like, oh, you run that stuff? You ever want to run that race? I'm like, heck no! I get lost getting out of the mall trying to find my car. That's me too. That that's <laughs> I would have to do orienteering
1: classes, which I'm seriously thinking about doing. Yeah, <laughs> and just like you say, sense of direction, preparedness, knowing what you need to do. You know, carry the right things with yeah. you in case you get in a bind or something
0: yeah i wouldn't find a single book it'd be it'd be 60 hours and they'd be like is he still stumbling around looking for book number one
1: <laughs> that, that would time. be me <laughs> i'd get really defeated like a couple of the people did got lost and then they ended up on the road somewhere i'd be right. like i'm oh, done Stop this <laughs> i'm in the middle of Wartburg, going like i'm at the dollar general is there a book at the dollar general in Wartburg?" <laughs> yeah what kind of <laughs> What do you
0: want? You want a romance novel? <laughs> a romance. Here are, the, here, are the, here are the books you find at the dollar store. Bad romance novels and and uh, the political memoirs of people who lost a big election. Those are the ones you, yes. see, yeah, you find those and they're on sale. And you're like, oh, man, yeah. I can't wait to read what this loser has to say. It's only a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: No, definitely
0: not. <laughs> That's a solid 2021, Ruthie
1: yeah i think so i think so there's a few more little things sprinkled in there but we'll see how that shakes out so okay. i'm excited and i'm excited to come and do bfc and tunnel hill
0: well like i said if you're if your way takes you through clarksville you you message me we'll meet up for lunch or something
1: i sh- i certainly will i'll yes. get
0: stafford this we'll, Most definitely we'll meet you up for some some good clarksville grub you know we'll make stafford pay
1: yeah, he's don't retired. tell him,
0: but... Yeah, he's retired. We'll probably have to go out at like 4 o'clock in the afternoon and go to Denny's or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that's true. That's like the senior citizens thing, yeah. right? Right, maybe? last one time,
0: Yeah, one time we went out to, to, to breakfast with Jeff at the International House of Pancakes, and I said, ma'am, do you offer a veterans discount? And she goes, yes. I said, do you also offer a senior discount? She goes, yes. I said, can someone get both? And oh she goes, no, you she goes, oh, we've never had someone ask that before. I'm like, well which can you get both of them? She's like, I don't know why not. <laughs> yeah. That's brilliant. I it was that. yeah, I mean we got we got pancakes up the wazoo and, and Jeff didn't have to pay a whole lot
1: so he's probably really
0: happy about that <laughs> he's <was> too ecstatic <laughs> about it <laughs> I
1: must admit he takes your joking very well
0: <laughs> oh yeah well he gives me plenty of shit too
1: oh that's, I bet I'm sure he does <laughs> oh yeah
0: yeah that, that's how you you know you love somebody you give them my dad always says you only give shit to the people you really love
1: that's true That's yeah. absolutely <laughs> true.
0: Ruthie Loffy you can find her on, on, fa- on Instagram but don't type in Loffy like it sounds L-O-F-F-I exactly is how you will find Ruthie on Instagram and you will be inspired by Ruthie and you will want some of the funky shirts that she has because she has the finest funky shirt collection in all of trail and ultra running I do <laughs> thank you so much Ruthie this was this was a blast thanks for joining me thank you I had fun it was brilliant all right everybody Adventurejogger.com, check it out there's gear there's old episodes get caught up check it out and thanks for listening